Design Pickle is a big supporter of everything on Seminary. If you haven't heard, they are a flat rate, unlimited use graphic design service helping churches across the nation. We're a proud client of theirs and love how they help us make social media graphics and those downloadable PDF article summaries that we've been sending out. Even if you have a designer, you need to check them out. To learn more, visit designpickle.com forward slash churches. On that same page, you can watch a totally free 30 minute video of me and the founder of Design Pickle talking about modern church marketing and of course pickles welcome to the unseminary podcast are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further faster have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world hey you're not alone join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary buckle up and let's get started with this week's unseminary podcast well happy thursday everybody it's rich here from the unseminary podcast thank you so much for uh tuning in i'm excited for today's conversation uh, this is a church you really need to get to know venue church uh justin varghese is our is the executive pastor there and he's he's joined us on the show today it's one of the fastest growing churches in the country in fact this may be one of the youngest churches we've had on uh on the podcast founded just in 2013 um at the same year we started doing the podcast so they've got uh two locations uh or no, they've got two locations in Tennessee, I think, right? And then, or one in Tennessee, one in Georgia. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, you know, Justin, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm, it's an honor to be on the show. Yeah, Thank I you. really appreciate that. Why don't you tell us uh, about the church? Give us a sense of kind of venue church. If someone was to come this weekend, kind of a bit of the history, what, 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 tell me about the church. Sure. Um, venue Church uh, is, uh, man, it's a non-denominational church. We, uh, we are as you know, about three years old, and uh, very, uh, if I had to explain it uh, briefly, I would say a, a church um, that brings uh, the power of God, and, and but yet balances it, uh, where it's not, uh, our focus as a church really is, is to reach unchurched people, mm -hmm. so to a, a place where an unchurched person that never has had an encounter with Jesus could walk in and feel the presence of God without being maybe weirded out or afraid or not knowing what's going on, mm -hmm. that kind of feeling. And, and that's a very hard balance to catch, but uh, I think we've done a very effective uh, job doing so. So uh, we take cool. great pride. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. think there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, it's interesting, I was speaking at a, a conference last year and there um the this just kind of the collection of folks that were in this this group um they were you know i would say from the kind of spirit empowered side of the you know the christian world and they kind of had me there as like the the guy from the whatever you call it attractional church land that kind of thing and it was interesting because they were wrestling with um how do we be more um you know kind of unchurched folk focused, which I which thought was really cool. The interesting thing is I said, you know, I think there's a movement on uh, on the kind of attractional end of the spectrum say, how do we ensure that we are open to the things of the spirit, that we're not, we're not just trying to present a show. So why don't you give us a bit of the history? I know you're one of the fastest churches, fastest growing churches in the country. Um, that must be, uh, you know, uh, you know, it must be, you know, an amazing thing to be a part of. Give us, give me a sense of what kind of what's happened over the last few years. Well, um, it's been crazy. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, stuff that's, I guess, most churches wouldn't do so early in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a uh, an Easter egg drop for the city, uh, where nice. we uh, basically rented a helicopter and dropped uh, fifty thousand Easter eggs uh, at a at a huge park in our city. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that at that time we had about uh, four hundred people at our church and. 
uh, it was the first year that we had started and um, we had about 11,000 people show up. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it- much that it, 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 it clogged up the interstate. It, um, the news crew <laughs> came. I mean, it was a mess. I mean, it wasn't a mess. It was great. Right. But, uh, we did. We were praying. I, I remember we were praying that five thousand people would show up, and we're like, "Man, if we did that, it would be awesome." And God just blew our mind in wow. doing that. Wow. It kind of really put a, a, a just a stamp on the city. Like the, we, we were really telling the city, "Hey, we're here," mm-hmm. and we've got. We had a lot of people uh, ask us that day. They were like, "Man, are y'all guys like a mega church or like?" And we were like, "Not really." We have like four hundred people that come to our church, and they were just blown away by wow. how we. Uh, really uh, um, hosted the city, you yeah. know, and, and uh, uh, it, I mean, our volunteers, probably some of the best volunteers in, in the world. I mean, they just really hold it down. And, and anything, anytime we do big events, we just, we do, it's, it's just like who we are, you know, and wow. we get, we really, and, and the city gets to really see that. And over a period of time, we've done events like that. Um, uh, I think one of the biggest keys is that we don't wait for people to come to venue church. Mm. We go and get them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, most churches, you know, they'll 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 tweak things, you know, in in church, but they never go out and get the people. So mm. uh, we do interesting things like we stand on side of the road with signs, and and of course, it's not like with the cross, like most yeah, people, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like fun people having a great time, you know, high fiving each other, smiling, and uh, for a while, about thirty percent of our first time guests came from that by itself. So you wow. know, that old school way. Yeah, that old school way of just inviting people and um, doing door hangers and just like uh, the invite cards. The power of an invite card is very powerful. <laughs> I mean, I think we, we forget that because we get so you know advanced with everything. We just kind of forget that part of it. But yep. there's nothing more effective than a face-to-face invite, you know. Yeah, it's and, amazing. Uh, I've come back to that time. In fact, literally just this morning, I was emailing with a church leader who was saying, are you serious about this invite card thing? How big of a deal is that? And I was like, dude, it's a big deal. Like, do not... Um, you know, and, and cause they, he was pushing back on some stuff I've written out on seminary and I'm like, listen, I could line up church after church who says the exact same thing that you said, Hey, we've got to, you know, get those in people's hands. Well, I know being a, you know, a fast growing church, developing leaders is a significant, you know, issue. Uh, it's, you know, something you really, there's never an end to, you need to consistently find, uh, new leaders. What have you done? Uh, you know, at such a, in such a rapid pace, how have you, you know, grown leaders so quickly that's been able to sustain the growth that uh, you've seen at venue church? Man, uh, I think we still, uh, that's a, still a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we noticed is uh, as the church grows, and um, it, it does, I mean, there's only a certain capacity that a certain level of leaders can do mm-hmm. um, if you really want to multiply your church. Mm-hmm. I think uh, up to a point, it's addition. If, you, if you're talking about followers, you'll, you'll grow some. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to multiply the church, you have to grow leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are the pillars of the church. So the more pillars you have up, the bigger it grows. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. And so um, for us, it's really been um, identifying mm-hmm. uh, leaders, you know, uh, as they come in as volunteers or want to serve or buy into the vision mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and giving them an outlet to really f- uh, figure out like what is their gift. Because a lot of people, we have a lot of unchurched people. So a lot of people that come, they don't, they don't know, uh, what God's called them to do. They're like, I don't know, but I just know I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And so it's really pastoring them and saying, all right, uh, as long as you have the will to want to do something, I'm going to get you there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so then we go through a process with them in whatever it might be, whether it be in youth or kids or whatever, 
all of our pastors are, you know, we're constantly talking, hey, what do you think about this? And and, and that's a big thing, too, because I think sometimes churches can get uh, too uh, departmentalized where Mm. they don't share information about leaders. (laughs) In fact, they might even get competitive, right? They may may even be the, you know, let alone not sharing. It might be like, I don't want to talk to other people about these leaders because I might need them someday. Exactly. So how are you doing that? How are you sharing information? So a lot of times we do that um, as as the executive uh, at this point, um, I do manage all the staff, so I have weekly meetings with all my staff members, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be the youth pastor, kids, you know, worship, uh, all of that. And so when I talk to these people, I'm asking about volunteers. I'm asking about certain people. Uh, you know, what do you think about so and so? How's how, how are they doing? This, that, the other. And a lot of times, I'll get this information. Well, you know, uh, they kind of feel lean towards youth, or I don't know. They've been talking about this, or they've been talking about that, and. Sometimes, I mean, I'm just I'm just forward like I'll have personal relations. I'll I'll call them and ask them myself like, hey man, how's this going? And sometimes being that neutral person, they feel like they can just tell me whatever they want to tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I usually try to make the right plugs or try to help them in their exi- existing role. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm that person. Obviously, at every level, it won't be that. But I think there's it's always good to have that third person uh, because a lot of people don't want to let their leader down mm-hmm. if they feel mm-hmm. called to another one. So they're mm-hmm. like, uh, how do I? So they, oh, there has to be either like a volunteer director or, you know, coordinator, somebody that a neutral person that they can confide in and say, you know what? Uh, I know I started here, but maybe I feel more called there now that I've been in it and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're moving people strategically and in, in where they want to be for it to really thrive. Yeah. Uh, I think Otherwise, that's a, you find people, that's people a, just you know settling. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a huge issue providing, you know, a safe place ultimately as a church individual leaders in their you know their areas hey we're we're excited for them to be passionate about their area but as a leader at the executive level as executive pastor or lead pastor you know we need to be thinking about how are we getting everyone included in the entire ministry and if people shift between departments that's okay (laughs) that's fine um you know what are you you doing on are you doing like a leadership development program or, or something to kind of develop the leaders that are within your church once they're once they're plugged in Yes. Um, so we started a leadership program. Uh, it's called Venue Academy, okay. and uh, we started it uh, uh, last uh, last year, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's been great. What we do in that is, and you know, it does. And for churches that are, you know, just figuring all this out, it doesn't have to be this like big, extensive kind of thing. We started with uh, just teaching our culture and leadership, mm-hmm. and going through uh, the venue ways and kind of like our core values with uh, with the leaders and. These were people that were volunteers that we saw as leaders, potential mm-hmm. leaders, and we, mm-hmm. we we asked them to be a part of this, and um, and we just poured, we just cast vision. Uh, pastor, uh, pastor is the one that really taught it, and he uh, and he, we really established the vision and where we're going and what we're doing, and mm-hmm. and it really kind of it changed the game really in those group of leaders, the way they started serving, the way they started just uh, being taking ownership of the vision, mm-hmm. and we saw so much uh, result in that that we did a second semester for them mm. and, and and then recruited a whole nother semester and we opened it to the entire church. Oh, nice. So, Very good. Yeah. And so now we have two semesters. And so the second semester I've been teaching, other pastors have been teaching uh, just different, like uh, the sec- second semester has more been like strategic mm-hmm. uh, ways mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, leaders. So teaching from like, you know, the John Maxwell's, um, Miles Monroe, those kind of kind of strategic ways to how to now how do you build leaders, you know, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so 
mm-hmm. that's really that's really been effective and really uh, we've had some people really anchor in into our church that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. good. Just to highlight one thing you said there, I, I think sometimes we can make we we get in our heads that we have to build this ultimate kind of leadership development program, and we spend a lot of time thinking about it and not actually acting on it. Um, yes, and and you know a a launched leadership program, even with something that you said there. Let's let's start with just talking about our values. Why why do we do what we do? How do we do what we do? Um, and you know that'll pay dividends on folks. Dan Ryland, a, a friend of mine, friend of the podcast from Twelve Stone, he says, you know, every church leader needs the the basis of every leadership program is get a group of people, get a book, read it, and then talk about it. You know, and That's if you it. if we just yeah. did that, um, you know that that would be you know unfortunately it would be light years ahead of what most churches are doing because uh, a lot of churches just don't have anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's true. Uh... You know, uh, John Maxwell says this, like, you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Mm, so that's good. even in even in teaching, we're reproducing who we are. And that's what people are coming to. They want to know uh, they want your leadership. They want to be under your leadership and they want to know, like, how did you get there? And mm-hmm. as you teach out of books or whatever, it really who you are is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's what they get. Mm-hmm. And when they start getting that, I mean, I always tell my leaders, like, how many of y'all wish there was 10 of y'all? Right. You know, yeah, and it's like, well, go make them because right. there's 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 more than 10 people that want to be yeah. uh, under you. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, and carry that same authority and anointing and everything that you have. So, like, share it with them, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you'll find yourself in a position where there is 10 of you and mm-hmm. uh, you're way more effective. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. Why don't we kind of pivot a little bit and talk about you guys are two locations. Um, you've, yes. So you've done the transition from one to two. Uh, which is huge. Congratulations. How did Thank kind you. of leadership development impact that decision? And then how, you know, how have you changed your approach? What, how, you know, how has it helped going multi-site? How all of that, what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, multi-site is a big one um, <laughs> because what, what you uh, start to realize is um, with multi-site, you, you have the same church, but you tend to have different cultures at different mm. campuses. Mm. And it all depends on demographics, the area, and all that kind of stuff. And understanding that you have to have the culture there, but it's okay to understand the differences between the areas. Right. Uh, North Georgia campus is a lot different from our uh, Chattanooga campus, uh, but yet the vision is still the same. Mm. And so um, I think the hardest part for us was really being okay with that and right. saying, you know, it's, it's like having children. They all have different personalities, yep. and, but they're still our children. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, building leaderships have, uh, I know in our North Georgia campus, it's, uh, I mean, there's the way they do things is, I mean, they're just, they're, it's a smaller town. Mm-hmm. It's in North Georgia. It's a smaller town and people are just like, it's just different, you know. It's just people, people, people. Everybody knows each other. I mean, it's like a big family thing. And mm-hmm. uh, and our Chattanooga campus, it's more like a lot more like you know mainstream. Everybody comes and goes, you know, that kind of feel to it. Yep. And so, really, um, what we like to do really is draw from that particular area, you mm. know, the leaders, because there's just more of a connection there. We we tend to see that. Um, that it works better that way. And mm-hmm. in some cases, pastoral wise, uh, it doesn't matter because we're, you know, one church and people don't understand that concept. But, um, I think it's easier if you can, if you can draw leaders from that area. Now we, we've had, had to shift leaders before in the mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. to get the culture there. So yep. uh, getting the culture there is the biggest fight. Like it's hard 
because mm-hmm. people don't understand what you're doing. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just figuring it out. And basically, uh, the way we were able to be successful there is that we basically treated it as a um, like we were launching for the first time. Basically, right. right. Well, when we did that, we saw great results. Yeah, that's cool. The thing again, just highlighting for folks, like listen to this. This church is three years old, and. Um, you know, I love what you said there, and I think a lot of church leaders overlook when you're launching a campus, replicating the culture is so important and being strategic around it is so important. And if a church that's three years old is saying like, hey, you know, it takes us a while to figure that one out to, to do that well. Imagine a church that's been around for 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years, um, you know, and and obviously a part of what, you know, God's blessing is that you guys have are, are working strategically, uh, you know, to do that uh, for sure. Now, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Now, when you think about uh, leadership development and you think about um, kind of the age spectrum, again, kind of a different, you know, a little bit of a different question on, are you, would you say that kind of the leaders you're coming, bringing up, are you seeing them, are they kind of similar age to you and your, your senior pastor or are they, you know, are you tr- deliberately trying to raise up younger leaders? What does that look like? No, uh, we actually have a really uh, diverse age group, mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not. That's um, cool. Most, most of it, yeah, are young leaders, but we have older uh people that just just want to be a part of the culture and want to lead and mm-hmm. uh, and that's refreshing to see mm-hmm. because uh normally you know you would think it, you would get a bunch of young leaders and but uh, just to get older people and have that uh, experience just life experience and 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 where they're like you know where even we get information from which is great um mm-hmm. we get a lot of ideas from uh the elders in our church as far as you know the broader thing because we're all doing it for the first time so right <laughs> so absolutely. Like everybody's make, we're all making it up here for sure yeah uh, that's, and that's... so uh, yeah it's, it, it's been it's been really refreshing to see that and uh, and we've 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 put no age limit on it either so right that's very cool uh, is there anything yeah. you'd like to share before we move on with the rest of the episode um no not really um i, I think the biggest thing is uh, as a reminder uh as leaders in the church i think um is to re- always remember this um you know, followers look for leaders. Uh, leaders don't look for followers. Mm. You know, mm. and, uh, and what what I mean by that is, um, is that for leaders, if we would just lead, um, people will follow. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. instead of us being leaders trying to get followers. Right, right, right. You know, and so like, because because if we're trying to get followers, eventually they'll find somebody who's really leading, and mm. they'll just follow them. Mm. <laughs> so like, I always tell our leaders, like, just lead. Like, be who you are. Be authentic. Be who God's called you to be, and people will see that and they will follow you. Like, there's just no question about it. But focus your energy on what God's called you to do, and and uh, and the followers will come. You know, it's it's inevitable. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we ask similar questions, everybody that's on the show. Uh, so excited cool. to have Pastor Justin with us today uh, from Venue Church, a great church. You really should be following them. They're doing a, a great job. Um, you know, Justin, what is an online resource you're using these days that's helping you in your uh, ministry? Um, actually, it would be like you guys. I've been listening to you guys a lot. Oh, uh, no. Now, now I got to send you 20 bucks. You do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I'm- I mean, just I mean, I just I was listening to one of y'all uh, that you had with an uh, executive pastor at Mosaic Church, which was great. Uh, enjoyed listening to that one. Um, YouTube uh, is a great um, resource for any pastor. Uh, anything you're looking for, leadership-wise. So true. Uh, yeah, and um, 
uh, and blogs and you know devotional stuff like that. I mean, I'm I'm kind of all over the place, but I would honestly say YouTube is my, one of my biggest nice. biggest uh, sources. Uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's very good. What's a book you've read in the last I don't know maybe six months to a year that's shaping your thinking or ministry? Yeah. So. Um, how to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, I read that about uh, probably a couple months ago, and it was actually, uh, I saw it on a website that it was uh, recommended by an executive pastor, and it's one of those books, like, you read books and, um, you know, it kind of reaffirms what you know, but mm -hmm. this book challenged my thinking, like, on how I do uh, lead, and I would highly recommend it for any leader. Uh, it's just a great book to read. It's been around for a long time, uh, and uh, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a classic. That really is one of those, you know, you sh if you haven't read it, you really should, for sure. It's a good, yeah. it's a great book, for sure. Um, what's another ministry you're looking to these days that's, that's uh, you know, kind of inspiring you? Oh, man, there's, there's so many, but, but just to pick a few, uh, Bethel Church in Reading, mm -hmm. um, Elevation Church uh, in Charlotte, uh, Free Chapel. Mm -hmm. Free Chapel, Pastor Jensen Franklin. I actually uh, was a member there at one point, oh, so nice. I just okay. naturally, yeah. yeah totally. Uh, so um, great, great churches. We try to draw a little bit from different churches, uh, you know, that fits our vision. So. Totally, yeah. uh, But I think that those churches would be ones that I constantly follow and look at and stuff. So. Yeah, great. Those are great churches. If, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, who would you want to get that with and why? Yeah, that's an interesting question because uh, <laughs> I think alive uh, would be uh, John Bevere. Mm. Um, and the reason I say him is because I think he has uh, a great spiritual and practical leadership like that combines together. Mm. He just mm. brings it so well. Uh, some of the books that have changed my life are his books, uh, Honor's Reward, The Bait of Satan, uh, changed, changed my life. So mm. uh, just just to pick his brain and, and even his wife, Lisa, they, mm. I mean, they, they just write books like uh, that just really shape your thinking, change your way you think. Um, mm. But uh, I would say Miles Monroe, Dr. Miles Monroe, but he's not uh, here with us. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I know being an executive pastor at a growing church is a demanding role. When you just start trying to kick back, relax, have some fun, what do you what do you do for fun? Oh man, I'm like I'm like outside any chance I can get. You know, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, I'm a I'm a marine, so you know nice. I, I I like to be outside hiking, mountain biking, um, off roading, whatever you name it. Uh, nice. I'm out there, you know, doing it. Uh, just like to be out in the wilderness. I, I think you know Jesus went out there to pray for a reason. So like I, I just get my quiet time, get to really. Uh, I do. I go out and, and hike in, in the middle of the mountains. And luckily, I'm in Chattanooga, so I'm able to do that um, hmm. and just get in the Word and just kind of relax, you know? Yeah, very cool. Well, Justin, I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with the church or with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, uh, you can go to VenueChurch.com. Uh, mm -hmm. If you if you want to get in touch with me specifically, uh, my information is on the website. Great. All our staff's information is on the website. So. Great. It's very easy to get in touch with us, um, and uh, yeah, anything we could do to help, uh, reach out. Uh, we're open to helping anybody because we're all in this together. Yeah, <laughs> nice, know? absolutely. Well, Justin, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter.
at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.